The Fake Show podcast is brought to you by the law firm of Hutchison & Stefan, the Craft House Brewery, now with two locations, the Tone Factory Recording Studio, Moonshot.com t-shirt designs, Mr. Antenna, now your host, Jim Tofty. Every time I interview Harry Shearer, I learn something new, including all the fun that he had as a child actor, having worked with the likes of Jack Benny and Abbott and Costello. He, of course, has done a bunch of voices on The Simpsons now for over three decades and is part of the legendary troupe with Christopher Guest and Michael McKean and all the others who started with Spinal Tap. We're also going to talk about Harry's great podcast, Les Show, as I've got him on the line right now from his home in New Orleans. Harry, welcome. Hey, Jim. Harry, nice talking to you again. I think the last time we spoke, you were releasing that series of Donald Trump songs. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I'm assuming with a lot of the stuff that you do, which is so brilliant, that Mort Saul, Lenny Bruce, and some of those political comedy guys were certainly early inspirations. Yes, we just lost Mort uh, last year. Yeah. Uh, I was a huge fan of his. I actually uh, went to see a Lenny Bruce show when he was in L.A., and it was a, at a sad point in his life when he was uh, on trial, and I went backstage afterwards because I was editing my uh, school's humor magazine, and all he wanted me to do, all he wanted from me was to interview the jurors so he could figure out how to, <laughs> really? how to deal with, yeah. Um, but yeah, big, big fan of them, uh, Mort especially, uh, because this is taking nothing away from Lenny, but I think... Mort, uh, and he was he was performing pretty much uh, uh, until about eight months before he passed away. And through all the the slings and arrows of his life, he remained a brilliant joke writer. You know, it's one thing to to have uh, cogent things to say about what's going on in the world, but to be able to phrase them in in perfect joke form was really what I think his contribution was. And I, I remember seeing Mort on, you know, shows like Merv Griffin or Mike Douglas or something like that. And he was, at that time, maybe a little ahead of his time because the audience, it took a few ticks for them to, to get what he was talking about. Well, Mort was, I would say, a late night guy. And uh, some of those shows were in the daytime. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Right. Uh, you started your career working for Jack Benny. What did you learn from Jack? Because I remember Johnny Carson saying that he was everything to him. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, uh, as a matter of fact, I, I once was in Las Vegas and uh, uh, at a showroom, and uh, there was a celebrity line to get into the show. I forget whose show it was, but uh, Johnny Carson was at the head of that line. And to his left, there was a, a rope, and then there was a line with nobody in it, and then all of a sudden Jack Benny walks through that one and goes right in, and I see Johnny Carson looking at Jack Benny going in ahead of him. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think um, Jack Benny really showed me something that was to be uh, a, a big surprise when it turned out not to be true, which he was so glad when other people on his show got laughs. And being a child, I thought, well, that's that's how comedy works. <laughs> and uh, I learned uh, that was Jack Benny. That wasn't comedy. A lot of people in comedy don't like it when other people get laughs. But he was remarkable in that in that way. He always knew he could get a another laugh reacting to what had just gotten a laugh. So he was one of a kind. Other guys you worked with, 
you were in Abbott and Costello go to Mars. What what do you recall about working with those guys? What were they like? Well, I only worked with Costello. That that was it was a one day job, and I did a scene with Costello, which uh, opened the movie. Um, and uh, the thing is, I you know the title of it is my, Abbott and Costello go to Mars. I never saw the whole movie because I was in the first scene, and I figured I've seen the first scene. I don't need to see the rest of it. <laughs> years later, years later, somebody came up to me and said, "Do you know where they the spaceship that they built actually ended up? Because it clearly didn't go to Mars. They didn't have Elon Musk." Um, and I said, "No, where?" where? And they said it ended up in New Orleans at Mardi Gras, and I'm speaking to you from. New Orleans at Mardi Gras right now. Yes. This became my home. This became my home. And I, who knew that they were... Abbott and Costello were telling me where to go live. <laughs> How soon before you would meet Rob Reiner? When was that? Because that became a, kind of a great collaboration. Yeah, it was in the uh, mid-70s. Uh, he was a friend of uh, David L. Lander, who became TV Squiggy. Yeah. And uh, we got to know each other pretty well. Uh, and then... Uh, we did a TV show together in the late 70s. Uh, it was a pilot for a TV show, and that's where uh, we were making up all sorts of stuff. There were parodies of what was on TV, and one of them was rock show called Midnight Special, which we were parodying, and we came up with an original rock band called Spinal Tap, and that's where that was born. Really? Well, so how soon then does Rob come to you and say, you know that thing we did on the TV show? We actually um, were doing the... Uh, performance and uh the band were lying on the floor and the camera was above our head and the, we were supposed to be surrounded in smoke and it didn't come out as smoke it came out as droplets of hot oil and our conversation <laughs> focused on let's not kill the prop man what else do we do with these characters <laughs> and turns wow. out killing a prop man is illegal in california now yeah you can't do that there i think you can do it in las vegas though probably yeah. Happen. By the way, I'm speaking to, kind of off topic a little bit, but I'm speaking to Rob Halford of Judas Priest. W was that band somewhat of an inspiration to what Spinal Tap did? Uh, that, that was the first band that we went to see when we started doing real research. Uh, I mean, we were all rock and roll fans and we'd seen millions of bands, but we went to the Long Beach Arena to see Judas Priest, specifically to see the kind of band that we were going to be performing as. Uh, so... Um, and um, I, I met him, we did, a, there was a, uh, in the 1980s when there were all these all-star for charity kind of bands and records, uh, we did one with a bunch of metal bands, and, and I met uh, Rob there, and he uh, he told me that he was a big fan of Tap, so he inspired us. That's fantastic. Well, and I know that yeah. there were... I know there were dates where you were doing Spinal Tap Live and the opening act, The Folksman, and, and many people didn't recognize that it was you guys. That's right. We did that on a tour in, at the beginning of this century, and we did it at Carnegie Hall and a few other places. And uh, it, we were announced as Spinal Tap and The Folksman, but we went to Beacon Theater in New York, and they didn't announce an opening act. And we had the humiliation of being The Folksman and the audience yelling, Boo, get off the stage! Tap, 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 tap! <laughs> and we couldn't break character and say, No, we're the ones you like! <laughs> In a way, it was kind of cool, though, wasn't it, that you were able to pull that off? Well, it, it, it makes a good story. Yeah. But it was, uh, it, I, I think we... We burned uh, holes in a few shirts. With 
The Simpsons being on for as long as it has, which is now three decades, you said you didn't watch uh, Abbott and Costello go to Mars. Do you watch The Simpsons after the final product is out? Uh, Every once in a while. Um, It's the old thing of, uh, you know, you work in the sausage factory, you don't eat a lot of sausage. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Your weekly podcast, Le Show, is so great for many reasons, but I love the fact that with the topics and the songs, which are so great, you've notated them time-wise, which is, for someone like me in radio and in podcasting, it's just brilliant. Oh, well, thank you. Um, you know, it's it's uh, my little playground. I've never done um, stand-up, so it's my way of uh, kind of getting to express myself and come up with new characters and make comments uh, about the, uh, the passing scene and the characters in it. Uh, on a regular basis, uh, so it's it's every week. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna stop doing this, and every week I think afterwards. Well, it's worth doing, I guess. Yeah, uh, and it's been going. Um, it started as a radio show. It's still on some public radio stations around the country, but it's uh, now also a podcast. And it guarantee two things: it's free and no mattress commercial. <laughs> and your most recent song, Big John, is certainly a winner. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I have to say that you can find all this great stuff uh, like the show and Judith Owen's music at harryshearer.com. Harry, nice to catch up with you, and good luck with everything you got going in the future. I hope all is well in New Orleans. Thank you, sir. Me too. Harry's show is also available on apple.com. And by the way, did you ever hear that Harry was originally cast to play Eddie Haskell on Leave it to Beaver, but his parents decided they wanted him to go to school at that point and lead a somewhat more normal life? Well, that finishes off this episode of The Fake Show Podcast. I'm Jim Tofty. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you next time. Listen to The Fake Show anywhere on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com.